When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rob Egerling starred for the Southern Connecticut State Owls from 1997 through 2000, earning all Northeast 10 Conference First Team Defensive Honors as a punter. Coach Egerling completed his career with the second most punts in program history, as well as the second most total career yards all time. He was a senior captain and chosen as the Owls' most valuable player that season, and he also pitched for Southern's baseball team. Coach Egerling returned to his alma mater after serving as the safeties coach at Bowdoin as the associate head coach and defensive coordinator at St. Anselm College, during which time he was named the 2014 NCAA Division II Assistant Coach of the Year by the Gridiron Club of Greater Boston. Today he shares his approach to being sure he's himself in his coaching and in all situations, how he teaches his 3-3 stack defense in a way that creates versatility, and how to adjust to big personnel on offense. What really comes through in this episode is his love for the university and how he makes being part of that an important aspect, not just of his coaching, but his life. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time, with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. On today's Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to talk about the 3-3 stack and how you might be able to coach and relate to any situation. We're going to talk about taking a unique approach or an approach that fits you best. And to discuss that with me, is the defensive coordinator at Southern Connecticut State University, Rob Egerling. Coach Egerling, great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, Coach, in looking at your background a little bit, one thing that stuck out to me is that you are a defensive coordinator now. So I'm just saying the stereotype like you would have played maybe linebacker, defensive back, defensive line. You always have those guys who were the you know smart guys on offense and maybe played quarterback and they become a defensive coordinator, but you were a punter, <laughs> right? I, I don't know if I've had a punter turn defensive coordinator on the podcast. I know this is all just coaching. And if you could coach, you could coach any position, right? It's about learning it. But talk to us about that transition from being a punter in college to getting into coaching and 
and making your way onto the defensive side of the ball? Well, that's the first I've ever been called just a punter, so I do appreciate <laughs> that because I, I, you know, I take a little pride in that and my ability. But I was a fullback, you know, all throughout you know college years, uh, fullback, running back. So, and then obviously my uh, we had a really good punter here, uh, an All-American uh, punter that I kind of followed in his footsteps and just kind of was able to do it. And I think I just helped <laughs> the coach here know that they had something they could do for a few years. So it, it was really an easy transition. You know, uh, my first coaching opportunity was here as a student assistant in my spring, my senior year. And fortunate enough, coach gave me an opportunity to coach the tight ends. And then, you know, as I got a, got into the, uh, you know, my graduate major of being like an exercise science phys ed and I was interning up at Syracuse with coach Hicks and the football staff and the strength conditioning staff and you know I was looking to court that way and then when I had an opportunity to interview for a, a coaching job and a GA job up at uh, St. Lawrence University it was for linebackers and I was like man I don't you know I was, a, I, I was an offensive guy for four years and so it was one of those things where you know coach Phelps up there really just asked me to just teach what you know so we can see how you are as a teacher and make a long story short, got the job. And that's kind of, I've been on that side for about four or five years and I had an opportunity to go coach on the offensive line for a season. And then I went back to defense and I've been on that every, every step of the way, which as an old fullback and back in the day of running ISO and power more than throwing a bubble and tunnel screens, um, <laughs> you know, who you know how to handle and how to attack certain things. So, I think that's kind of helped me. And I think when you look across the game of football, any level, you're seeing that. You see coordinators on one side who played the other side in their playing days and so on. So I love it. I thought, I think it's been great. I talk to my offensive guys here. I always get on them. Don't, hey, I'm an offensive guy by heart. Trust me, you know. And, but then on the other side, I tell our guys who've never played offense, guys, I know how to play that game. I know what the feeling like over there. So I, it's been a good journey. It's been great being able to, be on both sides and one is a player coaching on both sides of the ball now over the years so it's been it hasn't been that hard of a transition it was early on but now I see things differently and I and I always pick on guys it's how also how you draw up on the board because either an offensive drawing it up one side or you're flipping down the defense side so um, you can tell somebody too they draw it up what side they're they're comfortable with yeah yeah well okay now that you were a fullback starts to explain a little bit more <laughs> right that you did stick yeah. your nose in there um it's obviously then the punter must be getting more recognition than fullbacks. I, I did see quite a few of, of your stats shared in, in different bios as I did some research on you. So, hey, that's the life of a fullback, right? All, you that's do right. all the grunt work and, and uh, just do your job and, and uh, get dirty, and the team, team gets all the credit. But, you know, definitely could see the translation there. And I did see that you did coach both offensive line and defensive line. And, you know, looking at – at that part of it early on, getting that experience on both sides, how do you feel that helped you develop as a coach? I loved two different sides of the ball, two different makeups of the individuals, you know, with an offensive lineman and their, and their personalities and their competitiveness to the defensive line. And what a difference in contrast of teaching technique. And both of them are very technical. So learning one side how to defend your opponent and then go on the other side and say, hey, this is how they're taught to be able to defend you. It was really good. Like I said, I went from D-line to offensive line. So, you know, you go from a year and a half to two years of really attacking that side to flip side. And that, that was something that it was really beneficial. I really thought that helped because I was like, well, guys, this is what we were looking for as a defensive line coach or a defensive player, how you guys attacking me. But just a camaraderie on the offensive side of the ball with the, the old line and how units they got to work. And I, 
you know, as a defensive guy, I, I do that with our guys in stretch. Or I go see the offensive lineman and tell them, man, how much you know, I appreciate, you know, we need you, you know, how important it is that you guys are working together. And it was, it would really help my coaching ability because again, you're not just coaching one position, right? Even though it's an offensive line position or defensive line, it doesn't matter whatever scheme, but you know, on the defense, you're either, you got four, maybe five, three to four, maybe five. If you put in different packages of individual guys playing one quote unquote grouping, you know, the defensive line. And then when you're on the offensive line, it's same. Now you got a group of, it's called the offensive line, but we know there's five guys making that up. And, you know, each position is very specific to that group. So you have to be really thorough and organized and detail oriented to, to kind of explain to them what side or, you know, whatever, you know, left guard, right guard, center, you know, the tackles and stuff. So um, I, it made me be more detail oriented and very specific when it came to teaching because everybody's a little different in their learning curve as well. When you look at some of the guys you learned from or important lessons along the way, what things stick out to you as uh, being you know, critical to your development, really who you are as a coach today? Early on, and I knew I wanted to do this as a career, it was, you know, I just took something from everybody, you know, even even going to, to, to you know, clinics, I try to sit and grab at least one to three things that I could take that I can use. But I, I started early on, I coached Phelps when I was up at St. Lawrence, you know, how, how important, you know, taking his alma mater over in the program of, how, you know, how important recruiting was. And, that, you know, that's a lifeblood of a college program. That was my first start in the college game and how really detail-oriented he was regarding that and obviously how important it was that every day is recruiting and how we have to recruit our players. We're recruiting, you know, incoming players. You know, I'm just going to go right down the line now. I, okay, I had a chance to go to, you know, University of New Hampshire with Coach McDonald and his passion and being able to see that and see how he just – through everything he had in that program and, and then to his players and, but really like working them. Like he, you know, he would work us as coaches, he'd work us as players, but also you knew he would do anything for you. And that showed me like, okay, Hey, don't just tell these kids they got to do stuff. You better be showing them that you're going to do as well. Like, and he was a guy that was running around. He was working. Like he was setting things up. Like he never felt like he was the head coach. He was working to the point. I should say never felt like he had a coach. He, you know, as a head coach, he didn't care. He was going to set the bar himself. Like, you know, he wasn't going to just sit around and say, I don't do that because I'm the head coach. No, he, he said it. So, like, if you're seeing that guy doing everything, you know, all the grunt work or anything you need to do, like, that just spoke volumes to me. It was like, wow, you know, nobody's bigger than the program. And so he was working that angle of himself being back there. That showed me a lot. The coaches that I learned under there at, at, at New Hampshire were phenomenal. You know, some of them are my mentors. And, and just, again, hey, you know, we have to do things maybe with less, to do more with what we have. Obviously, we had to be very particular in what we were doing and, and how we were coaching it and teaching it. So that, that prepped me on that part. And then when I had a chance to go down to uh, Hartwick College and, and Coach Carr, same thing, kind of like, okay, you know, we're a smaller level now, but, hey, here's what we have. What can we work with? And, you know, Coach showed me, obviously, he, he was, he's very competitive, and his competitive nature stuck out to me when it came to, like, recruiting, the battles, you know, in the Empire 8 League, Division Three recruiting to when we got on the field. Like, you know, he would – we could be winning or down, and it, he never felt the game was over. So I got that, his offensive mentality of being able to exploit anything he can. He felt like, hey, we can score on anybody. We can win every game. That was a good sense for me. Heading over to St. Anselm for some years, obviously with uh, Coach Murphy, unbelievable offensive mind, and just regarding his candor of recruiting and competitiveness of really 
shaping a program and getting guys and what we what we inherited there and kind of changed everything around to kind of being able to go out there and put a product on a field and go compete and play and win some games. But that's, you know, again, how he was an offensive and defensive guy throughout his year. So, like, we could really work together talking schematics and personnel and then have a chance to go up the NESCAC for a couple of years. The recruiting aspect of the highest academics in the country and being able to get them and, and really develop young men up there, you know, play at their full potential. And then I'll understand like they can do both. Like you can be successful being a very good athlete and a very good student. So that was tremendous experience for me recruiting wise as well. And then obviously getting back down here, my old monitor and, and coach Godak here, just showing us like to being like, you know, everyone's got a different personality and I, all these different coaches, head coaches, but it's somebody that man, he, is a caring individual to the point where guys, I don't think realize sometimes how he is out for the best interest of the individual of our players. Like, so for me, it was like seeing that truly like he's going far and beyond for what he has to do for our players here at, at Southern Connecticut. But everywhere I've gone, it just shaped me in that right way of saying, okay, Hey, you know, coach divine, our offensive line coach at New Hampshire is now at Villanova. Like Sean was very instrumental in me. Like, man, he is so detailing oriented so organized and I was like man you know like that I want to be like that you know I, okay I gotta I know I gotta work on something that's what I gotta get working on so like like I said so for me that was something I continue all these years because I never want to feel unprepared I always felt you know John was so prepared with things and then like like Mike Dawson who was our defense coordinator there you know Mike the mentor to me and, and, and dear friend and but like competitiveness but also the same thing like kind of that yeah that coach Mack in him of like he was going to work and those guys knew, like, hey, he wasn't just going to BS you. He was just gonna, he was going to do exactly what he was asking you to do. And he's done it, right? So it's like I always tell you guys, no, I'm never going to ask you to do something I've never done or we've never done. Like, let's go work together on this. Like, you know, so they believe that, hey, and know that I've done that as well. We've done this before. Let's continue to do that. You mentioned all these great coaches who have been a part of your development and the things that you took away from them. But – in all of this too, you've been able to be yourself, be who you are as a coach. It's something you recommend to the younger coaches too, that, you know, you said, well, learning from these different guys, man, I want to be like that or do this, but you've still taken it and you have an, a, a unique approach to how, how you do your thing. Absolutely. And that's on and off the field as well. Talk to us a little bit about really how, how you are yourself and especially how you got to be a little bit different in, in some situations, whether, you know, on the field taking a certain approach and a demeanor versus off the field. I feel my, my sense of humor, I think, you know, in the office amongst our coaches and, and everywhere I've been like, I, I won't say I'm the, the jokester, but I love, you know, I, I love conversations. I, I feel I'm a people person, but we love, like, I like joking around, you know, I'm a, I guess I'm a, I guess sometimes I come across as a prankster, but our players don't know that, you know? So, when I go on the field, like, you know, if we're not in that moment where, Hey, whistle's blowing and we're going like walking off and on the field, like I'm talking with these guys, I'm talking to my players because I'm not one to just be a separate, you know, it's not coach player. No, no. When we're, when we're off time, I'm, I'm mingling with you guys. I'm fine. If I can play a pickup game with my players, I want to try to play some pickup, you know, basketball or anything in particular, you know, I'm talking music with them. I'm talking because that's who I am in general. Like I like being around people. So I try to, show them that as well. And, and, and some of the guys I talked to may, might not be like that. I'm just, I know who I am and how I do things. So for me, that was something that I'm like, yep, I'm going to be integrating with them. 
on and off the field. I'm, I'm very visible around campus. I love being at different sporting events. And I think they see that as well. They tell them, I love where I'm at, but I'm also going to love, obviously, other sports and other competition because I think you can learn from that. So I try to show them that, hey, it's good to go watch something else. You know, you see how someone else is competing. That's just some, some of the things that I've, who I am. And then when we go on the field, like, there's times, yeah, I said, guys, I'm not a big cursing guy, and I've been around those guys. But when I get fired up at times, they know it. You know, and that's the message some of the guys coach. When you start getting a little upset or you start throwing out a, a curse, like, they know where, you know, you're not messing around. Like, you know, and again, my, my philosophy on that, too, is like, guys, I'm going to coach you. I'm going to teach you. You're going to make mistakes. Let me correct you. Let me correct you. You know, and then after, like, you know, second mistake or correction, is going to say, hey, what's going, what do we got to do? And then eventually I'm subbing you out. I mean, guys, for me, it, the biggest motivational thing is was to play. And it wasn't hard if I didn't need to be yelled at if coach took me off. I knew either – I wasn't doing it right, or I got to ask what I got to do to get get it right. I got to show them that hey, you got to be, you got to have some composure, right? So in a game situation or a practice, I'm not gonna get crazy, go out of my mind. But there's times that hey, in between a series or over a course of mistakes, if we're not getting the hustle, if we're not getting out from them when I'm looking for, then yes, then I will get fired up and I will get a little louder than usual, as we say, you know, like that's what it is. The guys just see that passion that, Hey, I'm, once I'm in here and talking, I could talk your off, off the field and on the field, because that's just who the person I am. Before we dig into a couple of these other things, you mentioned being a prankster. So that, that definitely is something that fit me pretty well. I definitely <laughs> would get into the prank. So we'll, we'll exchange them here. What, what was your best prank that you can remember or you recall? Uh, I got a few going on right now. So some of our younger guys, I don't want to let uh, to get out too. But so really, I just had a couple of times putting the you know, uh, putting some stuff under the computer on their mouse, and things ain't working. Some of the guys aren't as computer savvy as others, so like they're having a problem. Like you hear them calling IT because maybe their mouse isn't working or can't get something off their screensaver and, and stuff like that. So just trying to get them to kind of loosen up a little bit, and then when you find out. Things like that nature. I, I learned that when I was doing a lot of like, my, I'm the youngest of four, but my brothers, obviously being the youngest, you know, you get picked out throughout your your childhood and teenage years. So like, my brothers were big in that. So like, when I used to work summer jobs and stuff, that's how we kept it loose because you're doing construction work and stuff, and you know, you're just trying to break up the day. So I kind of do that throughout. I try to do that through the season uh, with our players. And the one, I guess the reason when I did with my, one of my players, we had a morning practice this year and I'm out in the field probably about 45 minutes before they are. And it was morning, you know, it's probably about five fifty, six o'clock. And one of our guys coming down from his dorm and I saw him and he didn't see me. So of course I hid inside, you know, one of the fences here. And then when he came out and I had my phone on me, so I was doing videos so I could bust him and I put it in front of the team, the defense and stuff. And as he walked by, man, you know, of course I jumped out and his reaction was, it was crazy. You know, I was laughing and up. And so of course I played that. He's like, you can't do that coach, you know? And so like things like that, just so they know it's there's, there is another side of me besides just being on the field or in the classroom. Yeah, that's great. I, I'd say my biggest one, uh, and, and there's several, geez, so many that come to mind, but I'll share this one today. And this one involved, I don't know what we had on the roster all that time, roster coaches, support staff. Let's say it involved, uh, 180 people minus one and uh, the minus one is he's actually the offensive coordinator now at Finley uh, his name's Kyle Orzanski and he was he was my quarterback he had just transferred in from Lafayette trying to win the job there and some guys ahead of him you know going into it 
and he had his first opportunity was going to come with, with the ones, uh, this particular practice. And so I pulled him out of the, the team meeting that day with the instructions for uh, the, the coach who was running that meeting to give everybody else the, the info on what was going to happen. And literally everybody was, was in on this. <laughs> he gets up to the line, does all his calls. I mean, he's into it. He's calling out, you know, the mic and making sure everything's okay. And when he says set hut, the ball's, ball's not snapped. Everybody just falls to the ground but him. And he's, he's waiting and he kind of like, like, oh, man. He turns around he's looking for me. He knew I did it right away. But oh, yeah. I have it on video. I'll share this one. I'll put a, a link to it in, in our show notes to YouTube. But we got him, literally everybody on the field, when he said set hut, dropped to the ground and he was the only one standing there. He's it was pretty funny. I've seen it done before. That was, I didn't create yeah. that one, but I, you know, definitely got the whole team involved in that one. So that's one of my favorites. Did he look around like what's going on? Yeah, he did for a second. And, and then after about five seconds, he's like, where's Grabowski? <laughs> so, and then I, I had a prank war going with our equipment manager, Jerry Zamelka, who retired, I think after my second or third year, but you know, there was a case of the missing headphones that played out over the course of the season. He got me, and then I got him, and I think I think I won up him. But, uh, but yeah, definitely the quarterback prank was one. And you know, it it is fun though. It it, it does show guys another side to you. If that's you, right? You said you got to take that right. approach. That it's you, and it it rubs off a little bit. Like our guys pranking each other. Like the one ongoing prank. I think every year I was at BW was, you did not you know pre practice. You're you're going around doing something you did not want to leave your helmet laying around because and the freshman learned this pretty quick. That, that thing would end up somewhere. And I mean, creative places. And I don't know how some of them got there. There was one that ended up all the way up the flagpole. You know, we had a hill in the, in the back of the end zone. It was, you know, one ended up there. I mean, you know, guys would not be able to find them. And, you know, it was for the coaches like, okay, this guy doesn't have his helmet. And we'd be looking around like, where is it? Where is it? So you had to hide it in the stadium. But, you know, in plain sight, but it was it was still pretty tough. So, you know, that stuff definitely loosens up the team. And, you know, in, yeah. in a funny way, it brings guys together. Yes. And then you have to. And I, and I always tell guys, again, learning is a, growing up. You also have to be willing to accept it because now the guys, if you're doing that, the boys are going to know that, too. And I've had that, you know, guys trying to pull something on me or something. So and, and again, it's, it's all in good taste. It's all in good fun. So for me, I think that's. You have to, you know, some guys aren't, don't have that sense of humor, you know? So like, I'm like, well, that's why that you're not, you're not joking around with them. You know, like if you're going to do it, you better be able to accept it as well. But yeah, all, all in good fun. And you know, Hey, when you have a team where you could do that, I mean, you know, things are, are good that, you know, you, you can get to work, you can be business-like, like you said, but then there's that, you know, ability to relax and just, Hey, be people, right. And grow those right. connections there. Looking at the, X and O side of things, you guys are, are running a 3-3 stack, which certainly has become a defense that has regained some interest and popularity here over the last season. A lot of teams looking at that right now. It uses personnel, I think, in a unique way in that you're able to use some hybrid-type players. And I know you get asked about that a lot. And every coach, whether it's a high school level or the highest levels, things can apply. It's all relative. And I think you found, like, the main thing is it's all about how you teach it. Correct. Talk to us a little bit about that aspect of it in being able to teach something in a way. Everybody can learn the X's and O's now. They're out everywhere. 
right. but that teaching side of it. The way I, I go about teaching it and how I explain it to our guys, obviously here to any coaches and talk, like I, I try to teach concepts, right? So it's like, guys, we're teaching a concept that anybody can, well, I don't say anybody, like every, any position that, you know, within your grouping, D-line, linebackers, secondary, type of, we're learning concepts so that we can plug in place guys in positions to be successful. So you're, we're all going to learn a certain technique. So if I'm a defensive lineman, again, three down, four down, you know, we're all going to learn how to take on double, you know, defeat the reach block, defeat the cutoff, and, and, and so on. And so we're teaching those concepts so that I tell them, the, the more you know, like and the more versatile you are, the more opportunity you have to play and, and for us to put you in there. So I don't want to be like, oh, I just play left defensive end coach. I don't know the right. Well, why wouldn't you know the right defensive end? It's just, you know, you're either a four, five, three, however you're doing your techniques, you got to know how, oh, it's just because you're lined up on the other side, vice versa, corners and safety. So, so us, I've always taken the approach because of some places over the years I've been at. It's like, well, boy, and, and you hear it a lot, right? Well, I don't have all that depth. I got to make sure, well, you got to find out, like, okay, a guy is a corner, but, you know, if I need a safety and I, my, my third corner is maybe as good as my second safety or third safety, like, well, why wouldn't you put him in just because he's playing corner? No, you know, like, so, so for us, I just developed, it's all about teaching a concept and a technique so that anybody, and I always, and I just said this on our team, our defense meeting, I go, nose guard, we're all in this guy, I go, you know, he's Michael, Michael, you're not that I'm putting you in here, but we're going to teach everyone how to play a post, you know, post technique so that I need one play. I could put someone in there to know what a rule is and how to do that. Vice versa, we're teaching everybody how to pass rush. So, corner hey you're a good you're a good you know guy can blitz because we blitz our corner sense well you know late in the game if i need somebody god forbid put the best players out there and now if he needs to know how to rush an offensive tackle well we we taught him that so that's and we kind of fit in over our first few days of uh, spring practice obviously winter workouts and or fall camp is just teaching techniques and concepts so that as they progress they know Hey, oh, I could do that. You know, I could play that position if you needed me, coach. You know, you get that now. Now that we've got two years under our belt, I get, I'm getting that guy's coming up, coach. I can play this position. You know, I can play that position. You know, because I'm learning that. I'm like, I know you could. That's the whole point. Like, and, and we want that ability. So that for me, when it comes to schematics and stuff and what how we do it here, is, is really just teaching that con- a concept and a technique so that you're not to the point where like, well, he only plays that. He only plays that. Well. He could play that. We, you know, you're, you're te- you got to teach all of them how to do it. I know one thing that applies really to any defense. I saw this in one of your clinics that you did virtually, and something you really believe in is the five elements to a successful play. Can you share those with us? Absolutely. And again, uh, I, I, I've once I got that from, you know, I got that from Mike Dawson, and when we were in New Hampshire, and that stuck with me since '03. Hopefully, you know what I mean. So, like, that's just my whole thing. Yeah. So it's five elements of a to a successful play know and understand the call, recognize the formation, align properly, read your keys, and then execute the call strain. So for us, like all my players over the years to now to like, I, and again, that's something part of me is I always stay connected with my, my guys who are no longer playing, you know, they're on their livelihoods. I'll, I'll message them once in a while and I'll do that. Like, you, do you still know them? You know the five? And that to me is just something for us defensively here is, well, if you don't know and understand the call, before the ball's even snapped, this is all stuff we talk about, obviously, pre-snap. If you don't know and understand the call, we're in trouble. You're, you're letting your team down. You're letting your guy to your left, to your right. And obviously us as a group, 
and I and we have to know them, and I expect them. They need to know them word for word, right? And our older guys over the year, they they break it down in however way they can configure it. But it's not just know the call. You got to know and understand the call. Because I could, I tell them, guys, I could yell up in the stands what the call is. No one up there knows what it is. They don't understand the call. So you better understand it. So it's know and understand the call. We have to recognize the formation. As you recognize the formation, right? Offense gives you multiple different looks. Recognize the formation. You got to line properly. We know that. Hey, a tight end wing is you got to line up differently if you're a safety. You know, linebacker and end. Maybe your wide receiver splits so far out, like your split rules. So like, there's recognizing. You know, so you got to line properly. If we misalign before the ball snapped, we're beat pre-snap. So it's like we're putting ourselves behind the eight ball. And you got to read your keys for that moment of what it is that the call is telling you to read, right? And then execute the call to your best of your ability. And then the last thing after you execute the call is strain. Tell them what is strain? Well, strain for us is and if that ball is within five, eight feet, I, I better see guys diving for, attempting for things. If they broke a big run, big play, well, I, I better be seeing guys running the 21-man rule, running all the way down, and maybe you don't make the play, right? But I better see you in the picture. So we're, we're straining to get the ball. We're straining for anything we can. Guys outside should be seeing guys diving for the ball here, diving for balls when, when the opportunity rises. So that, to me, has been the biggest. Because when something breaks down, I was asking, how many of those, how many of the five elements were we successful in that play? Did you know and understand the call? Like, we'll talk about that on game days and the day after. So, just something that really stuck to me early, early on from that. And I just, I just took that and, and ran with it for all these years. And getting into your 3-3 stack a little bit here. And, and one thing we saw on, on one of the biggest stages, the college football playoffs, was TCU and their 3-3 defense against a Michigan team using big personnel. And we've seen you know more of your type of – coming back, the fullbacks, right, the tight ends, the bigger personnel working their way into spread offenses, whether that's a package or something that becomes a little bit more base, like you saw out of Michigan. Uh, You have Tony uh, White moving from Syracuse to the Big Ten now. His defense is going to be in the Big Ten, which obviously, you know, is becoming a little bit more smash mouth. So how do you deal with those, you know, still getting those hybrid type guys on the field and being able to make that work versus a team now that when you look at it, they're, they're trying to out-personnel you in a way. And, that, and we're seeing that a little bit here in any 10. Maybe not so much with the fullback, but 12 personnel sets and different things kind of, oh, maybe, you know, a bigger body guy because they'll see this. That's one thing I love about this is just like any defense, right? You can package things if you try to match with them and, and stuff. So for us, it's a matter of, right, making sure that – we align properly after we recognize the formation, right? So you recognize the formation. We got line properly. If we if we miss our line ourselves in some of these big sets or another, say, a two-back look, what happens? They're creating another gap. So you have to be really cautious of understanding where that extra gap can be. And within the 3-3 stack, and there's some – obviously there's variations and stuff that you know, different guys have used that I've watched over the years. But I think it's a little easier to plug and play some – a personnel guy because of a technique and the concept that you know. So if you know all of a sudden you're right, you're getting, uh, here comes, uh, maybe it is a fullback, or here is come a, a 12 personnel or 13 personnel. You go big, big group, and it's like, okay, I'm not going to change. You know, everyone thinks, well, why don't we just go down to a four down front? That's going to make, that's going to solve the problem. Well, what if 
one of your D tackles, okay, well, is he going to do any better? If he's going to get double teamed to push back, then maybe somebody coming off the edge or we're, we're get a single block and hoping again, that we can beat the one-on-one matchup. Like that's my philosophy and my thought process on that is maybe we take out one of our safeties or hybrid safety position and you put another linebacker in there. Okay. We can do that. You can also take a linebacker out and add a defensive line if we want to, or take one of our DNs out and put two nose guards in there. So like, I just think it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more uh, multiple you know, opportunity for us to kind of just without doing a wholesale and changing a whole new package just because the offense is doing that. And one thing for me, I always tell guys like, I don't want to have the offense dictate what I'm going to do. If mm-hmm. I want to make a call, I want to run something. I'm running it. They have to figure out what we're going to do and how, where it may be coming from and what we're doing. So that's just my philosophy. My opinion is like, I'm not going to be reactive to, I'm going to be attacking and say, Hey, you figure out what we're going to do. But it definitely is seeing that team's trying to come back with a little bit like, okay, Hey, three, three stuff, ISOs or counters and pulling guys and stuff. Sure. I know we would see Jesus going back to high school, but we saw it starting, you know, we, we were in a conference. that was you know, more four, two, five, but then teams started going to three, four a little bit with, the outside backers being more like your safety types. And, you know, that was, was the answer. Like, okay, we've, we do have tight ends. We do have fullbacks. We're going to, we're going to create more gaps, put bigger people on you know, and, and try to exploit, you know, how we spread your defense with gaps. Right. So you still have to have an approach to that. Attacking with athletes seems to work, whether that's on offense or defense today. Yes. Coach, looking at all the things you do, as a coach, and you mentioned some some great things here. What's the one thing you do on or off the field that you really feel gives your players the winning edge? That's a great question, Keith. I, I mean, for me, sometimes I don't know. If, I don't know if this is a winning edge or just a, you know, maybe a, a buy-in and belief and understanding. Like, is that I want them to understand that, hey man, I am here for them. And like when I'm doing something, like for me, I, I always let our guys know, like, hey, I'm working. Well, I'm either in the office, maybe I get a workout in, or here, this is what I'm doing. And I'll let them know, like, it's for them. You know, it's, it's for them. It's like, hey, are you doing things outside what you're asked to do to make us better? And I think sometimes, like, there's just that ownership that they believe and trust that myself or us as coaches are doing everything we can to get them better. And we, we're looking out for their best interests. And then, obviously, you know, when you get that reciprocated from them, coach, I did this today. I got a little lecture in. Fantastic. They feel better about themselves. They feel that they're going to have an edge on the field, right? And then even off the field. Why? Well, I had a guy the other day, unfortunately, like, you know, tweaked his hamstring. And later that night, I messed him. Hey, how, how are we feeling? Did you go in for treatment today? Like, not your standard. I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll see him. Like, they know that I'm thinking about them at 9 o'clock at night. And I think that goes a long way. I, you know, I, again, the whole – they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care about them. Like, obviously, there's, there's so much truth to that. But I think really living by that and them understanding that I am here for them and I'm there for them, not just for, as a player, I'm there as a person because, you know, some of the best things ever are being asked to family events after they graduate, weddings. You know, the, the best compliment or the best thing feeling I've ever had is one of my former players, offensive lineman, by the way, that I had coached. I had a chance. He asked me to marry him and his wife. You know, we'll get you a, ordained for one day. Like that was the best thing I've ever done in my life regarding a professional situation. Like so, like that to me. Again, I don't know if that's a winning edge, but for me, it's they know that. Hey, man, Coach Egg would be doing this. So down at conventions, you saw some of my former players who are coaches, and 
doing great. Like, oh, coach, you used to do this. And this would made me think about, you know, I just hearing those stories. I'm like, all right, see that everybody, right? It may not affect everybody. and But for the ones that it does take hold, I'm trying my best to let them know that, hey, we are here for them. And, and that's what makes them better. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you if they want to learn more about what you do? Um, they can, I mean, they can call me at any time. They can uh, message me on Twitter or email me. Um, I don't, I can give all the info right now. Do you want me to, you can, you post it? I yeah, can, I'll, I'll post that in our, in our show notes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm here for anybody to help out. Coach, I certainly appreciate the approach you're taking in our profession. It's, it's definitely a, a model for coaches to follow. And I do appreciate you taking the time and sharing that here on the podcast. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you for all you do as well. Big, big fan. And I really appreciate the honor to be on the, on the podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Follow all we're doing on coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.